gentlemen and all our fellow podcast peeps out there listening this is plucking strings with ted and alice miller and take it away alice we are back with you again in the copper room in yankton south dakota we always love spending time up here visiting with fellow musicians um great space to be and the musician we're spending time with tonight actually uh is in town because he's playing here tonight and by the time you hear this podcast it will already be passed but a wonderful way of getting to meet musicians as they come through town mm-hmm. Yes, it's been going very well. It was a good podcast today, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It was so fun to get to sit down with Drew Peterson and talk about all things music. Um, This one was especially fun because this is our first time really meeting Drew. Mm -hmm. Um, The last few podcasts we've done have been with people we've already known a little bit at least. So this was fun because you are getting to meet him for the first time just like we are. And before we get to Drew, there's a couple things we do want to run by you. Uh, Alice and I are musicians ourselves, so Alice, I'm going to gear up and do the shameless plug for Ted and Alice Miller, if you don't mind. You're doing it this time? I think it's my turn. You've been doing a good job. But uh, like I said, we are Ted and Alice Miller, and uh, we are performing songwriters ourselves. So if you have not heard our music, we'd like to change that little uh, angle. So there's multiple ways you can support Ted and Alice. You can go to tedandalicemiller.com. You can look up Ted and Alice Miller on Facebook. You can uh, stream our music. You can come to our shows. You can uh, in any way. Uh, like I said, we're in the digital world. We've got a website. We've got a Facebook site. We want you to like that. Also, you've probably figured out by now, we're doing a podcast, aren't we? We are. Yes. Just and in so, case you didn't know, we are doing a podcast. Right. And so we want you guys to uh, support this podcast as well in any way you can. Uh, we are on all the main mediums from I, uh, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, some of the other names out. Anchor. You can go to Anchor as well. Um, and you can subscribe to our podcast and please write a review if you listen to it for better or worse. We need, uh, we need your input. We need your help. We want to make these, um, is as good as we can. We want your input on what we could do better. Or if you like the content that you're hearing, you have suggestions, any of those things. We, we want your help. And we want you to tell a friend. We want, uh, we want everybody to listen to a little Ted and Alice Miller and the musicians that we bring in support as well. We want you. We want to uh, make new fans for the musicians coming in. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate it so much. And uh, we're going to get to our guest today. Peace. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today our, our guest is Drew Peterson. Drew, thanks so much for stopping in, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah we appreciate you taking your time out of your day. Or, we know you've been doing a lot of traveling. Yeah, always. Always mainly Midwest, but okay, plenty of it. And you yeah. played where last night? Last night, um, I think I, I, I'm going to pronounce the name of the town wrong. Obajobi, Okaboji. Okaboji made me pronounce it. I wrong. know. I almost <laughs> said Okaboji. No, nope, that's in Florida. <laughs> okay, so you were in Iowa last night. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Well, welcome back to South Dakota. I know you've been here before. Yeah, yeah. We were just we just did a show out um, in Spearfish too. So I say we. I have a yeah. It's me and my. Split personality. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't notice that other person sitting over there quite yet. Maybe later we'll... I get lonely. Know. I talk to myself. So it's... Yeah, I actually, I, I catch a lot of heat about that 
at uh, at work because they always say it's a Nebraska thing. And thankfully, I guess it's not because you do it as well. But yeah, I got made fun of a lot as a kid too. I talk to myself a lot. It's always been something I've done. <laughs> and it's like, are you from Nebraska? Yeah, yeah. We're, we uh, actually so where we're sitting right here now at the Copper Room, uh, the river right out there is, is the border. Now you cross that river, you're in Shut Nebraska. Shut up, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't here know I'm thinking how like we're going to do a podcast if we shut up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea it was that close. Yeah. Yeah. Here I'm thinking like, wow, you guys came a real long ways. All the way across the river. <laughs> yep. Oh, <laughs> well, by the way, the crow flies. We we uh, like I said, we live in Nebraska, but the crow flies were only four miles away from here. Wow, so we're crazy. right right in yeah. South Dakota or not right in, but um, it's funny. We feel that we have reciprocity sometimes because we feel welcome in both states because we live yeah. so close. <laughs> Right on, man. That's great. We live in Nebraska, so we can pay the taxes when we work in South Dakota. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but like I said, thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Um, we met you, gosh, was that three years ago or so when you did your white wall filming at uh, um, the white wall sessions? At least two, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe I was three. say two to three. And were yeah. you in town for the, is it the Sioux River Folk Festival? Yeah, you guys yeah. I was with a, a full band at that time, yeah. the Dead Pigeons, and we, we headlined that that festival yeah. blast that was a great festival yeah. yeah we have this is so sad we have yet to be to go to that festival yeah. really we've always, oh. been booked. Yeah. we've always been booked when it's yeah. going on or yeah. and i think a long time ago like i would like to think we've earned our wings a little more yet that maybe if we applied there could be some fruitfulness out mm-hmm. of it but i remember sure. i applied a long time ago and i think it was like yeah you guys haven't earned your wings type of deal yet which yeah. was probably it was deservingly so yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we need to get there and check that out. Yeah, that's a great festival. All yeah. all outdoors, very family oriented. There, I mean, a huge crowd too. I wasn't expecting, and the 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 place themselves, the people that run it. Like we we literally had this lodge that they had oh. mu- musicians staying in, and when oh, we nice. when we walked in, there was literally like uh, two tables that were covered in food, you know, like complimentary yeah. stuff for the bands. Oh, wow. And, like, stacks of, like, cases of beer, and, like, the fridge was full of, like, a whole ham and, like, all this crazy stuff. <laughs> the, the freezer was full of, like, things. And I told the band, like, don't touch anything. And they're like, what? And they're like, this can't. I was like, this can't be for us. Like, we've yeah. never had something, like, that nice. Yeah. Normally, it's like a warm case of water in the corner for yeah. Lucky, not like, you know. Like, Do they have John Prine playing here? This must be for him. Yeah, it was like, you know, like, the headliner like or something. 30 <laughs> kinds of donuts, literally, like, in boxes of just, like, this can't be for us. Yeah. Wow, great. awesome. Yeah. Did you have a moment of, like, once you found out it was for you, were you like, "Wow, we've hit the big time! Yeah, yeah, it's for us!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. You bet. Totally, yeah. Excellent. Filled up on donuts <laughs> right before playing too. Yeah, right before stage. <laughs> Mall hopped up on sugar. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for being here. And uh, like we were talking earlier, we're pretty. You said this is your first podcast, right? Yeah. Well, and we can't say much more than that because we're pretty fresh and new <laughs> into the podcast world ourselves. Uh, and again, we really appreciate you taking time out of your day. Sure. I know when you travel like that a lot, you uh, you really you know you need some time to decommission before a show. We understand that, so we really appreciate yeah. you coming in. Yeah, yeah. no problem. This will, and and this will be fun because this is the first podcast that we're going to do that we don't know you ahead of time. I mean, we've met <laughs> yeah, yeah. shortly, yeah. but yeah. this is the first time that we're doing a podcast with someone that that we're getting to meet for the first time. So gives us more to talk about. That's right. And yeah, I feel like yeah. um, for any of the listeners, they're going to learn about you for the first time, just like we are. So that's cool. kind of exciting. Yeah, it'll be, yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah. So you're our first new kid on the block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being be said. Ju- which one? We, gotta, we should give ourselves like new kids on the block names for the day. 
I'll be Jordan Knight. I do remember. I do remember one of their names. Wait, um, you gotta be I like a Spice Girl or something. I, I can't guess. remember any of them, so don't ask me. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Any Jordan, I, 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 should, should I be proud? Chad, that I remember this. There something. Was Jordan Knight, and then there was one of them was a Wahlberg, right? Timmy, Donnie Wahlberg. Was he one of the? Are we really new talking kids about new kids on the block? <laughs> when we've got Drew in front of us, and we should yeah, talk about him. I should, we should probably shift gears on that. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna start off with the typical question, and I always feel bad for asking it because it's like. Well, that's pretty standard. But tell us more about you. Uh, that, not much to tell. I'm uh, I'm originally <laughs> from Minnesota. Um, okay. We're having that conversation all the way in it Wisconsin or Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in a little farm town called Buffalo, Minnesota. Okay. Everybody, whenever I tell people that, they're like, "Ooh, New York." I'm like, "No, sorry, <laughs> Minnesota. Minnesota." But yeah, I um, kind of grew up on a family farm. Mm -hmm. um, went to art school for college mm -hmm. lasted one trimester and they wanted to they wanted me to like do commercial art like I was I was good at art as a kid like yeah. had a scholarship and stuff for it and but that's all they wanted me to do was like commercial like kept steering it like no you can't do real art like you can't be inspired right no yeah I can't yeah, do I want to be a sculptor is what I wanted to do that's what oh, you want. okay. yeah yeah and they're like no you can't do that you won't make any money so like a genius, I, I quit and started literally during that trimester, a girl, like a bad Tom Petty song, she taught me a couple chords on a guitar and okay. it just never stopped. Never stopped. Yep. That's pretty much what I've been doing since, since college. So that's awesome. Yeah. I learned two chords, you know, the G and the, you drop the two for like, it's technically a okay, C, kind but of, yeah, right, back right. and forth and yeah, rolling <laughs> four songs with the two chords and. So, and that was your start with music. Yeah, played my first show, at, like at the college, for like a couple thousand people at w within like three weeks of learning how to play Are guitar. Are you kidding? No, me? Right. hi there. Huh? Yeah, so, yeah. almost so, crap my pants. Well, yeah. I was just I was gonna, gonna say. Yeah. So I I always love hearing about. So walk me through that first. If you can remember back that far, walk me through that first performance. Like, so three weeks in playing guitar, you know, yeah. two chords. Yeah. No, it literally was a. Um, a guy that I met right away at the college there, his name was uh, Steve Pridmore, super nice dude. He was like the AV geek, you know, at okay. school, so he ran all the, you know, all the technical stuff, and they, they actually had okay. a studio at the school, which was pretty cool, but um, he was into music too, and uh, so he wrote a handful of songs, I had a handful of songs already, and that's what, he, he just told me like, you know, this is no big deal, it's just, you know, there's have the school show and he made it sound like nobody would show up or whatever else and i was like yeah i can do that no problem and we yeah we showed up and it was a the big auditorium mm -hmm. and of course everybody showed up mm -hmm. and yeah i mean I, I just the whole thing with it was it was so overwhelming you know like you to this day i'll still have those shows where it's like it gets be it's it just surreal Mm -hmm. So then it, it's actually not as bad as you think. I just remember my knees literally knocking, you know what I mean? Like standing up <laughs> yeah, yeah, and thinking, and I was thinking like being at a wedding, like don't lock them, don't lock my knees because I'll, I'll pass out, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Right on. Yeah, <laughs> played, I would say like three songs, three, four songs, that was it. Okay. But still, I mean, it was like, yeah, you know, I was hooked. Yeah. Yeah. It had to be like a quick... And I'm sure, you know, like you said, there are the, still the shows that are surreal, but you kind of had a quick graduation probably from stage fright for a while. Yay, nay? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> the, well, then the next show, I mean, I did a couple more at the college there before I left, and then it was years before I played out at all again. Okay. Oh, really? I just, yeah, I just became like this weird, which I still am. I'm just like this geek that hangs out in my garage and writes songs and for myself and 
That's luckily, the way it should be. Yeah, luckily yeah. some people like them, and <laughs> it affords me to travel around a bit. And, yeah. But yeah, for years, I, I that's all I did. Is I just I put myself on a regiment for uh, it was over a year of writing a song a day. Okay. Yeah, my big thing was songwriting. I always just wanted to. Oh, that's beautiful because uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's we're the same way. Yeah. yeah. That's why we, you know, one of the inspirations for starting this podcast too. It was you know because we said earlier, you know, with Yankton, um, this city. Uh, for a long live music has always been here, but covers bands were kind of the prominent thing for a long time. And Alice and I never subscribed to that. And the, there's kind of a shifting tide to where there's a lot of songwriters coming into the area. So yeah, beautiful. No, we're we're happy to hear that. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, I'm just kind of I'm always formulating how my upbringing went with music. So like when you were in grade school, junior high, high school, was music not on your radar a lot then? It's. Uh, as far as you started in college, was it? Well, I was I was actually raised in like a crazy conservative Christian mm-hmm. house where we actually went to Christian school that was in our church. Okay. And like, so literally, I was in a church pretty much six days a week. Sure. And so then every day was chapel, you know, or church services, and um, so like that's how music first you know, started for me was just like singing in church, you know, okay. singing hymns. And mm-hmm. my, my church was old fashioned that way. Nowadays, like I haven't been in, I'm not allowed into churches anymore. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the holy water burns. That's for later. Yeah. Yeah. Boils. Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't, like, I haven't been in a, a, a church in a long time, but our uh, last time I have, it's all like modern music and stuff with, mm-hmm. you know, like guitars and yeah, drum kits yeah. and Ours was like super old fashioned, like a little old lady on an organ and singing the old time hymns. Yeah. Which I still love. Yeah. Like the yeah. old, yeah. Absolutely. But I that's, agree. that's how I, you know, started really. I mean, I didn't realize that's the whole thing. You don't realize it at the time, but you get your rhythm and your, you know, I can harmonize to anything just because, you know, you know, old hymns are yeah. made for that. So it laid that foundation down. But like, like you said, it, it's, it's interesting when you, like when we were talking to Devin a couple podcasts ago and talking about, him being in a, in a church choir and stuff like that. It's, I hope I phrase this right. I hope I don't butcher what Devin said. But, uh, you know, it was kind of the, the story of you're singing, you're doing music, you're, you're in a church, you're singing, you're, you're musical. But did that really, like I think, like you said, it really, that didn't form, formulate a songwriting style for you. Or ins- did you ever think this is inspiring me to want to write music myself? No, the first, well, yeah. to be honest, the first time I remember... Like, music really hitting me was, uh, I'm not that old, but Elvis. Okay. And technically, it must have been around the time that he died, because I think he died in, like, 77, I want to say. Oh, don't ask me. Oh, and the fact that I don't know my mom is starting to cry right now, because my mom is, like, the hugest Elvis fan in the world. But I don't yeah. know. That, yeah. I would have so been I was one like, years old in 77, so I wouldn't have remembered him. I was, like, five. You were, like, five. Yeah, okay. five or six years old. And I, I just remember there was a lot of stuff going on with Elvis and people talking about Elvis. And mm-hmm. I just remember, as a kid watching on television, like, I haven't seen the footage since, but, like, really old footage of, like, I've seen, like, that time period now. But if you remember, if you know Elvis and, like, the time period of, like, when he was first blowing up mm-hmm. and he just had that, like, 
I don't know how to explain that. That weird aura. Yeah, yeah, that that, that, like shine to them of like that energy. Yeah. So not fat Elvis. You know what I mean? Just that. The early Elvis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just that weird like sparkle. Like he just was golden at at a time. And seeing footage of that and being like, I want to do that. Like that just looks so cool. Yeah. It was kind of funny, the whole Elvis thing. Like I had to eat some crow pie like as as I grew a little older, like when I say like into high school. Because in my formative junior high years whatever like i was i was such a punk you know like that yeah. like like my first musical like like the first time i heard the first Janie jones the clash song that was like that's where i know i want to go you know right on, and yeah. such so i was i was i was in all that angst i was, I was angsty well, I, you know i think everybody goes through that though too because i did do. i went i went well i wasn't quite into the like I, you know, but yeah, I I was went through my punk stage too. Yeah, you know, worse than that, hair metal. I oh, I was with I, I was there too. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought poisons. Look what the cat dragged in on cassette. Yeah. So you know, you know what's funny is like, I still love. I you know, it's that dirty secret. But I literally was so picky even about it back then. Where like poison was like no, no poison. Yeah. Like that's that's pussy stuff. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? like that's. I was like the harder stuff. So like, what was the good hair metal? Uh I think by so intrigued to see what he says here because I got one in mind. <laughs> that, I, there's a lot of them that I really liked, but it was um, so like uh, obviously Guns N' Roses. Sure. That, that first album yeah. was it still holds up, man. It's it a does. great album. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was really into like Faster Pussycat. They were good. Yeah, Faster Pussycat. I liked cool. Skid Row's first album when that one came out, and I liked Slave to the Grind. I thought that was really good. Monkey right. Business. <laughs> uh one band that I always had a soft spot for, that I always like held a candle for of the hair metal deal. I always thought Cinderella had a good rock. Oh yeah, too. oh yeah, dude, that that guy's voice. Yeah, to this day, I'm still it. amazed at how he could do that. Oh, I know. It's like, yeah. I, okay, I'm, I'm a girl, home. And, <laughs> and it's like I hitting some of their notes is extremely difficult for me. Oh, it's yeah. like how how could they sing that high? Yeah. Falsetto the whole time. Yeah. That's all oh, it is. Yeah. Falsetto the whole time. Yeah, yeah. just screaming. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but no, back to the album. Cinderella, album. that's great. Yeah, that was one of my one of my beck and calls, I think, of the of the hair metal days. I really liked what that. Was that good their best album was that one? Like Long Cold Long Cold Winter. Winter. Yeah, that yeah. Was a great album. There were some great songs on there actually. Mm-hmm. There were some pretty rockin' stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A C D C was a big one for me yeah. too, though that's not really And I think that's why band, eventually but... I did wise up and poison kinda went away. But I think yeah. that's kinda where like with Cinderella, A C D C Guns N' Roses is like they really did kinda they got kind of thrown maybe into the hair metal band, but they were really kind of straight up rock and roll. Well, I'm like, sure they they loved it at the time. Well, it's like Ozzy, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when you look at Ozzy, of like <laughs> going from Black Sabbath, which you know just badass, great stuff, and then he totally had a time period where he was wearing like blouses and he looked like a grandma. You, <laughs> he did. you know what I mean? Like, Some of them hairdos. Yeah, those hairdos. Yeah, but oh, he's still he's still uh, you know the um, Ozzy's biography. Yeah, that was that a we, hell of a book. I Did forgot what that? the no, name I of didn't, it was. No. But, oh, my gosh. It was gosh. good? If mm-hmm. you like reading books, it was amazing. And just... I Am Ozzy is what it was called. Yeah, yeah. And, and learning how he got his start with music and then how it's like you can start there and end up as big as he is. And <laughs> the fact that he's still alive. Yeah. It's a great... Great, great. I look that up. Yeah, yeah. I'm compelled to still tell the. I want to get onto more information about you, but the Elvis <laughs> story is still just in my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. I want to finish it. <laughs> but like how I did eat crow pie on that because during that time, I was just I, like had I had some responsibility to not like Elvis. It was like no, yes, you know, because I was all punky and everything. And then it wasn't until I was listening to an interview on this box set that I still have on vinyl, which I'm super proud that I have. But it's a six vinyl box set of the Sex Pistols. And it's a bunch of really rare outtakes and a really neat deal. 
But there was an interview I was I was listening to on there, and they were talking about how even Elvis kind of inspired them, like from the early days of like girls just fainting, like same as like mm-hmm. the Beatles and stuff. But like when he was when he would shake his hips and and how he was almost kind of a punk in his own right. Oh yeah, was, you know, well, totally was. Yeah, shaking totally the walls was. and everything. And uh, so then I was like, I like Elvis now. <laughs> well, I think I think okay. he gets forgotten only because of like I personally think it was, had to do with his manager where like didn't let him tour national you know like worldwide kept steering him into movies crap basically crap and then he went yeah. like that Vegas way yeah you know mm-hmm. and yeah. like but be, beyond that of like yeah I mean all of the early ones like Beatles totally will would you know you could see in interviews where like their biggest thrill was to meet Elvis yeah absolutely you know they went on to mock him later mm-hmm. you know what I mean but it's that's youth. You know, like exactly. He, yeah. yeah, like he was, he was the shit. Man. Yeah, it really was. was yeah. yeah, for a time period, he was, yeah. he was the shit. And it's, it's, it's really, I don't want to use the word spooky. It's inspiring, spooky, mystifying. But going to listen to them early recordings of him, when you go back, it's like there was really some energy pumping out of that stuff. Yeah, I think oh, there yeah. really was. It's really. There's a there's a uh, one with Jim Morrison where he talks about. Mm. Did you ever see that? Where um, no, God, what was it? So. Was it an interview? I don't remember where I heard this, but Jim, where Jim Morrison, he always hated his own voice. Okay. And what he always wanted to sound like was Elvis. Okay. Like his his whole thing was like he was such a huge Elvis fan. Is he between Elvis and Frank Sinatra? I think it was like he wanted that low, beautiful timber, yeah. and he. He kind of not. I mean, well, that's what he was always striving to striving do. Striving to do, and yeah. he didn't. He, I'm sure what it was was you know like anybody has that experience when you listen to your own voice, where yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. you think like, oh, I've got this deep, beautiful. Then you hear it recorded, and you're like, oh, nope, I'm not that. Yeah. That's not how it sounds yeah. in my own ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll have to apologize to the audience out there real quick. I do have a cold. I'm trying to in-house the coughing, but uh, <laughs> bear with me. I am only human. <laughs> uh, so let's get back into, so playing play a few college shows, and then you kind of you hermitized your music for a little while, you said. Well, yeah, I don't think that's you. actually really changed. I I've, Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I I actually haven't recorded that many albums for how much music I've written. Uh-huh. I spent most of my time trying to like my first real outing was with a band called Forty Watt Bulb, which you know for local kind of blew up. Um, it was overwhelming kind of a thing. Okay. Uh, none of us were prepared for it. You know, just dumb kids. I, although I was older, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have been as dumb as I was, but you know. <laughs> Hindsight's always twenty yeah. twenty, right? Yeah, a lot of people went through treatment, that kind of stuff. Of oh, like, sure. Just the idea of like green rooms full of liquor, and you know, I was like, "Ooh." Like, <laughs> so I was, and but I was, you know, a lot of that too was just the fact of like I still always was that hermit of like, sure. I've never been someone who's that comfortable on a stage. Yeah, I hear you. I I, I know what you mean. Yeah. My first shows we're at my uh it's a little hometown bar right, right next to my house middle of nowhere i mean literally middle of fucking nowhere called uh at the time it was just called silver creek um now it's like up the creek or something stupid but um it's evolving yeah yeah <laughs> we we uh i met these guys at that bar they were in a cover band i played them some of my songs they're like we're starting a band Instantly, we started selling that room out, which wasn't too hard. You know, you could get 30 people, and it was, like, nuts <laughs> to butts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the first handful of shows that I ever did there, we go back and, you know, smoke a cigarette before a show, and I'd throw up, and I was just like, God, what did I eat? Like, I, it took me the longest time. But, like, I can't even tell you, how, like, how long. Like, I'd throw up before every show, and then it, like, like a year later, it dawned on me. I'm like, 
Oh, it's because I'm nervous. So like stage I, yeah, fright. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, I throw up before every show. Okay. So, yeah. Stuck around. So yeah. I, I always, um, I have and have been working through stage fright myself. So it's always fun to talk to different musicians, different artists that do perform. And it's like, why do we keep coming back to do this thing that physically makes us feel, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. But it's, it's, uh, it's, obviously gotten easier over the years yeah well you know to be honest what for me what i've come to was you know believe it or not the four agreements if you ever read that book that was actually a big one for me of just like the the whole realizing of like people are in their own little world you can and you're judging yourself more than they are yeah you know that whole part of if you know the book where it's it you know for me being like very introverted and in myself a lot it, that that book helped me a lot where it's just like you know i mean i get i get heckled you know probably at least once a month like heavy heckled because i play a lot of shows mm-hmm. and at this point be early i probably would have never even played again if that would have happened on some yeah. early shows yeah. and back then i sucked in comparison you know like i'm i'm better at playing now but a big part now is just the fact of like they're they're they have their own reasons yeah that's, you know. that's your own problem it's yep. not me they can yeah. think i can suck and that's fine you know it's <laughs> yeah. getting to that place of like i like what i'm doing uh, you know yeah yeah it's which was weird it's actually hard to get to that point yeah yeah i think you can spend a whole lifetime trying to get to that place yeah some some people some people don't get to that place. Yeah, it's a beautiful way to phrase that. Sometimes yeah. each time is its own chapter, too, because it's like about the time you think you're over that, and then you'll get heckled again, and then you're right back to that place of, oh, my gosh, I do suck, or, and you're kind of getting so insecure, and then you have to, like, revert and be like, no, like you said, that's on them. They're, yeah. You know? So, <laughs> and it's interesting that you brought up that book, The Four Agreements, because um, I think as not to turn this on, talking about myself for a moment but i'm going to and then we'll come back to you, <laughs> no but, worries um, yeah, we can talk about you yeah. um, you're more interesting i'm sure <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> but um last year i decided to take the plunge and go through yoga teacher training right. and so that four agreements book was one of the um books that was suggested and really the teacher that taught me kind of her whole principle stands on those four agreements yeah. and so it's interesting that you brought that up and also just going through that whole process myself has helped with the stage fright and things like that because like you said it brings it back to oh that issue that you're having or if you don't like what i'm doing it's not it doesn't have to do with me yes it's what you've got going on you know yeah well me personally like i'm i'm just a dumb farm kid you know (laughs) like I, i live in between worlds where like i grew up very redneck when i go home um everybody thinks I'm a hippie mm-hmm. you know homosexual I get that a lot of like you know, they all think I'm gay or something but then if I go into you know the cities or whatever else they all think I'm a redneck and like the four agreements is a really wonderful thing in that of like for me it was a little too hippy dippy if you want to call it at the time mm-hmm. but man it's a genius it's a genius book I'd tell anybody like yeah read it mm. Don't be too rednecky for it. That's how I put it, I guess. I'm not going to have to read that. I'm the class clown here today. I'm the only one that hasn't read it of us three. So. Well, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't read the whole book yet. Um, okay. And I should. Like, you're inspiring me to get it, and we can both read it then. Um, it's pretty simple, yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's not a big book. I'm not much of a reader. I'm actually yeah. horribly dyslexic, so I don't read much. But you bet. I sat down. So does that make it hard to write then? 
No, I can read my own writing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nobody else can. <laughs> nobody else Makes can. Makes sense but, to yeah. me. Yeah. It's interesting when you bring up, you know, and I know this has been talk, uh, touched upon by other people and, and such, but, and I don't know if I'm going to phrase this right, but hopefully we can come to a, make, you can understand what I'm saying. Um, the Midwest, you know, when you talk about the Midwest, we, we grew up very rural ourselves. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. We still live rural. Like Alice and I live in the country. We have horses and, and uh, <clears throat> chickens and the whole works. We're like one goat short of, short of a funny farm, we always say. Nice. But, uh, but, but we love it. We do. Yeah, um, yeah. And it, it's funny to, and this is a part, I don't know if I'm going to phrase right to not sound like I'm, uh, you know, bashing somebody else or this or that, but it's funny for, for, for instance, us living here in the Midwest, we, we are songwriters just like you, we're artists. And, uh, sometimes people's reaction to when you, you know, you're in the Midwest, but you become a very arty person. There's other people's psyches are very interesting to watch and you you know you always like you said you grew up very rural yeah go home you show me your redneck style or this or that and like the balance of the two is always pretty interesting in the area we grow up i'm hoping i'm making sense here well, alice has given me the look like maybe the, no i'm pulling the cane no I, i'm not I'm, I'm actually just listening i've actually thought of that a lot like i yeah. uh, the way i grew up in my family like you know all farmers you trace yeah. it back as far as you want to go we're all farmers yeah mm-hmm. and stoic you know, I don't. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't spent enough time down here, but I'm sure farmers are the same everywhere. Absolutely, sure. Like yeah. I literally saw my grandpa cry once, mm-hmm. and he was actually a pretty emotional person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think I think a big part of it is, you know, that kind of a life. Um, it's hard, you know, of being yeah. a farmer. Yeah, a lot of work, a lot of you know, it's the whole of like, like I remember hearing that my grandpa cried once when he his favorite bull died. You know what I mean? Like it, he yeah. did it by accident. Oh, yeah, it was a weird. Like yeah. it was, it would follow him around like a puppy, mm. and he, uh, he actually picked up a, a mud clump to get him away from him. Just like I forget the bull's name, but and threw it at him, and it hit him just right in the head, and the thing just dropped dead instantly. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, and apparently my grandpa, you know, cried like a baby over it. But that's the whole thing of like, like farming is hard. A lot of people yeah. don't understand of like it's hard work. It's it can you know you kind of have to cut off your emotions to it sometimes. Yeah, well, I think that's part of it is like art is a very emotional thing. Yeah, yeah. so it, it does like it's not a natural thing for at least my you know that's why I've like. I, you know, I'm not to be crass, but that's why, like, I, I, all the time would get like, you know, I think he's gay. Oh, <laughs> which is like, because, like, because yeah. I, yeah, you know what I mean? Because I would sing about emotions and, and like, you know, you don't do that as a farmer. Like, you yeah. know, don't, don't turn your cow into a pet. You know, it's that kind of a thing. Of like, yeah, these aren't your pets. Yeah. Well, and it's you know? so interesting yeah. to think yeah. about that, like, um, you know, that stoic side, okay. And then, so that's your upbringing. And now you may, you decide you want to write songs. Mm-hmm. And so it's like almost a process of unprogramming all of that. Like, I'm not supposed to feel feelings. I'm not yeah. supposed to write about them for sure. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a whole process to unlearn some of that, to then tap into that creative side, to then bring that emotion to those songs. Yeah. And then so. allow yourself to do that. Because like I'm thinking about like you talking about when you're, when you're bullied or ridiculed as a kid. And I was the same way. I mean, like... I could go on all the names I was called because there was a danger in being original. You know, it was, you know, it seemed, it seemed like the more I would write my own music or the more you did that, the more pushback you'd get, mm-hmm. you get bullied or this or that. So you had to allow yourself to see past that too, if that's making any sense. Yeah. Or have enough oh, yeah. drive to not really care and just keep pushing. 
yeah, to do absolutely. your thing you want to do. My my nickname, I shouldn't even share this. This is horrible. But and it was by people who liked me. Uh-huh. Okay. But my nickname was Faggot Farmer Boy. Aww. I'm not kidding. Well, it was actually the weird thing. It was like a, an endearment. Like they they didn't even mean it. Mm-hmm. For them, it was like we accept you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's the weird thing. So of it. maybe they're making fun of the people that actually did call you that. In a, no, I mean, no, they, 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 like they were just like, okay. yeah. I mean, that's how I came off. Of like, you I know, see. that's how we, that's how I came off. I was like a farm kid, but not like a normal farm kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like. Yeah. Yeah, and well, and obviously those are hot button words at this point, yeah. and I don't mean any offense by it at all. Like, I, yeah, I've got right, no, right. I got no problem with any of that. Like, but yeah, I mean, I just saying of like that's how far I stuck out. Of like, yeah, well, it the- was commonplace just to call me that. People would be like, hey, <laughs> like, yeah, really like, me. It was weird. Yeah, thinking about no, now. And it, I think like even from when I grew up in Midwest and rural areas, it's like that's just kind of. I mean, that can just be kind of how we talk to each other. Yeah, sometimes. and kids can be kids and stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah when I, do, I did live in a... When that was happening, I was living in a town that wasn't a farm town. It was oh, it was okay. the fact that I came gotcha. from... Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So gotcha, That, that gotcha. changes that a little bit. Yeah, okay. It was the next door town where the... Yeah, yeah. it was Monticello, which Monticello... At the time, Monticello was almost like the the rich town like we were the farm town and they were the, the you know yeah, yeah oh okay yeah, it's so, making a little yeah <laughs> that helps doesn't it yes that, that clarifies the story a little yeah. more <laughs> but still nonetheless <laughs> yeah interesting yeah well i tell you what this has been wonderful so far we've learned a lot about you and and uh your upbringing i tell you what we're gonna take a little break and then we uh let's dive in let's get into some in deep into your musical uh endeavors so far and and what's to come. How's that sound? Great. All right. We'll be back soon, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we are back with Drew Peterson. And like we said in the last podcast, we will give you the title of this podcast again. It's Plucking Strings with Ted and Alice Miller, right? And Drew wants to pluck some strings. Yeah. So, uh, we said earlier in the in our trailer that we were going to leave it up to the artist whether they wanted to perform or not. And uh, got to be honest, Alice, I don't know what you think. I was I'm kind of surprised we're we're early into the podcast world, but how many people are choosing to perform? Which is awesome. I kind of thought it would have yeah. went the other way, but uh, I'm super happy that it's going this way. And uh, we're going to hear original tune from Drew Peterson coming up. This one's called uh, Coffee in Memphis. By the time I made Memphis. You had long gone from Tennessee In a poor attempt to save us I called your mother See where you might be I said I'm sorry for calling Carol You can say what you must Left my pride in my bag In the back seat of a bus Gotta find her please But all she did was cuss And hang up on me Walk down the street with flip-flop sands with five bucks, half a pack, nursing a broken toe. Into McDonald's with a teenage boy asking, you know what you want me saying? I thought I did not own. Or a small cup of coffee and a medium fry. When I went to get my order, I started to cry. He asked me one question, looked me right in the eye. He said so. want that to go I 
fell asleep in the corner booth contemplating you being nowhere near. And I woke up to a broom hitting my feet and that teenage boy saying, hey man, you can't sleep here. The only thing more pathetic than McDonald's on a Saturday night was me thinking I could find you and making everything all right. Dreamt and made it back to Minneapolis in the middle of the night. I got home, I heard you say, hey, where you been? And I said, been to Memphis for coffee. Now I'm back again. Wow, man. Coffee in Memphis. Great tune. Yeah, thanks. Thanks yeah, for thanks. playing that for us. Thanks yeah. for bringing your guitar. That was... I kind of cheated. That's when I don't ever play. Oh, awesome. I, I don't ever... Well, you know what I mean. Like, you, you play a lot of you know, louder rooms and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That one's a fart in church every time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Is that going to be a podcast theme? Because the artist that was in last time who will air shortly, uh, he did the same thing. He played a song and he's like, I'm going to play one. I never play live. I'm like, great. And uh, thank yeah. you. That was a great yeah. tune. Yeah. What's I've... the, what's the inspiration for that song? Uh, that one actually came off of a, uh, there's this thing called a 52 week club. Some friends of mine run out of, um, California. It's this weird online thing, so it's a songwriter challenge. You write a song a week for 52 weeks. And me and a few other buddies, you know, wound up doing it, and um, it was a lot of fun. It was, uh -huh. it was super fun to do, but that was actually, I don't remember what the theme was that week, but that was the song that came out of that theme. Wow, it's great. Yeah. Are you given a theme? You... Yeah, they give you they give you basically a jumping off point. You can look it up. It's actually a really cool thing. It sounds really intriguing. Yeah, it is. It is. It's well, it's just a great way to like you know keep your chops up or like, and exercise yourself. your brain. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I wrote a bunch of them. I wrote a bunch of you know most of my you know haven't used for anything but fifty two weeks. Fifty two week club is what it's 52 called. Fifty two week club. Yeah, I they're opening other ones. Yeah, there's there's one that opened in Minnesota too. Yeah. That sounds really uber neat. I like that idea. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like a great segue into the question of um, your process for writing songs, like inspiration, things like that. Like how 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 does a song start for you? Uh, I, it's again, the, like this is where the hippy dippy thing in me comes out. I guess <laughs> I really believe in a muse. Um. It, it, like it's just become really clear to me of like you just kind of channel stuff and a lot of it's just learning how to not judge it that's the hardest in my opinion that's the hardest part of writing is like don't judge it let it come yeah. out and then you can fix it but even then be really careful what you're fixing because you know the the weirdest part is like you know as a writer you want it relatable you want other people to you do. and when you become extremely personal there's that weird fine line with it of like you, you don't want it to sound like a 12 year old's diary you know what I mean I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I like I, I have a real strong rule of like separating um separating the reality of it of like you know like that song in particular I I've never went to Memphis I didn't lose my shit on a bus you know what I mean like it's yeah but you come from a, an emotional point of it and when you start understanding where the emotions in the song and you just let it, you know, for me, I just let it kind of come out. And, you know, there's some weird lines in that one in particular of like, if I, if I was too judgy, I'd, you know, never would have wrote it. Never you know, there's some weird stumbly through. lines and, mm -hmm. you know, so it's like finding that, I don't know, for me, it's like finding that balance of like, don't, don't ruin it by overjudging it, yeah. but try to keep the quality up enough. It so. can be really easy to overjudge, at least for me. 
you know, obviously mostly on the lyric end, you know. Yeah, I think it's where art school, what, you know, that's where I started with all of it, but I think that's where art school helped me the most. Like, biggest thing they, they teach you in art school is, is like, the difference between a great artist and a shitty artist is two things, your, your material. You know what I mean? If you have a shitty brush, you're going to make a shitty painting. Uh-huh. And then two, know when to quit. Like, yeah. that's a huge part of it. Like, no, try to have the understanding of what makes that piece of art what is appealing. You know, so yeah. know when to quit. A lot of people overwrite or underwrite or overthink it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. That I like the way you said that. See, but I've been I've been having a really to I'm gonna we're gonna get to all it's gonna be all you. I promise. <laughs> I'm not worried about <laughs> you. I, I'd rather but, talk about you. But I was it was literally like two days ago. I was thinking about this. I've been in a. I don't want. I haven't been. I haven't. I've been writing a lot of music. I haven't been in a funk. Now I'm going to be because I said that. But, <laughs> don't think about it too hard. Yeah, You'll be fine. But a little thing I've been doing lately, which I've been trying to break, is like I'll come. I'll I'll have something and I'll I'll go with it. And if I get, let's say I get two verses done, and the chorus or the theme of it, and I I scare myself, and I think I put it away too early. I'm like, don't overwrite, don't overwrite. But but it's like, but you should because you're, it's rolling. So I don't know if I've been screwing myself that way because that's what I've been doing a lot lately. It's like, yep, don't overwrite. You know, so I don't like. Have you, have you ever sculpted? No, no. So like this one has. So like, has. Uh, say you're working with uh, a clay, right? Okay. Clay in particular. So you you um, depending on what it is, you you build a, a skeleton inside, like out of metal or whatever, to hold it, and. Um, so, like, if you're going to do, like, a bronze statue and you do it out of, you know, out of clay. Anyway, anyways, you, a big part of it is adding. You know what I mean? You start out adding. you, And the big part of it when you get to that point is, like, add. Like, that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of writing, too, of, like, you know, a lot of times when I'll write, I'll take a song and I'll do, like, the Dylan thing where I'll have, like, fucking 12 verses. You okay. know what I mean? Where, like, I just don't let it stop. We'll be like, oh, here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an idea. And then I just take it, and then I'll, you know, like, I don't want 12 verses. You'll condense like, it out. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's always my, one of my bitches with Bob of, like, Bob, learn how to edit, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I'm, yeah, which is really stupid. The guy's a genius, but. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Of like, yeah, like yeah. that's, then you step back and you go, okay, well, these verses either go best together and you pick, you you Yeah, you, you can pick, put it together the way. Oh, I definitely overwrite. You know, okay. definitely yeah. overwrite. Mm-hmm. It's it's the editing, in my opinion, of where. Okay. I'm a huge movie geek. And I actually always reference movies with songwriting. I that's how I view it. It's like it's making a mini movie. It's a story. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's I, that actually really helps me. Of like, for one, is like, what's the fucking point? You know what I mean? <laughs> that always kills me with songwriters sometimes, where it's just like, you can hear a beautiful song, and if, it, if that's the point, it's just to be a beautiful song. Cool. Yeah. That's the point. But there's sometimes where it's like, it's not that pretty. Your lyrics don't make any fucking sense. You know what I mean? Where it's like, what's the point? What's the point? So yeah. like, have a point, which you'd be surprised yeah. how often that doesn't happen. Yes. And yes. you know, and then understand what emotions you're coming from. Where's your peak? You know, like a movie. Where's yeah. the mm-hmm. emotional peak? Where's mm-hmm. the, you know, REM was one band I always battled that as a youth, like because someone's like, Michael Stipe, what are you singing about, man? You know, <laughs> and maybe I wasn't. Maybe my brain wasn't formative then as much. Too maybe there was a point, but I was always like, "You're making no sense, dude." You yeah, well, they had their pockets though too. Where like they had some genius albums. They, but they did. also had some horror shit ones. Too. Yeah, I mean, Life's Rich Pageant to me is still a, a 
genius piece of work. Yeah. You know, document, uh, Life's Rich Pageant, all them early REM albums were wonderful yeah. pieces of art. They really were. Rockville, I think, is the first time that you could tell, like, he finally got it, in my opinion. Sure. Like, you know that song? Yeah. It was like, yep, yep. it was a pop hit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Written about Peter Buck going to leave the band, right? That was, he was. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, because Peter Buck was going to leave the band to be with a, to be with a girl, and they were going to go live in Rockville. Oh, really? That's how the song was written, yeah. Oh. I just remember when I heard that song, it was like, oh, yeah, okay, now they're getting, you know. <laughs> Sure. Green is my favorite album. I, oh, man, You Are the Everything has always been one song yeah. that's just always really been close to me. I've yeah. always wanted to cover Hair Shirt. Hair Shirt, that was the Dreams They Complicate My Life song, right? Um, no. Which one was Hair Shirt? I, it's just it's just escaping me right now. I am not the type of man that will keep you waiting. Oh, yes, yes, yes. no yes. good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I yeah. always wanted to cover You Are the Everything. I sense a collaboration. We're going to start an REM cover band. Yes. <laughs> Drew and Ted. <laughs> yes. This Drew is and Ted do REM. So I do want to get back. So do you set time aside to write? Like, are you like, are now, you guys... To be honest, nowadays, I you know, I have two young kids. Mm-hmm. I don't write at all. I, I should almost be embarrassed with that. I, I You know, I was, I've been pretty known for writing in crazy amounts like I, I can just when I'm when I'm in a place with it I, you know I can write an album in a week I mean not to, yeah. I sound like a dick but it's true I just <laughs> like I've been doing it for so long and whatever else like when the when it hits right I can you know but I just haven't taken the time these days like I'm, okay. in, I'm enjoying my kids too much to be honest and that's great yeah, yeah. Well, and, I, and I have a stockpile like I have I literally have hundreds of songs my wife's been helping me right now I, I'm recording right now actually um, halfway through an album I've got one in the can, and I've got two more slotted. Like, I've just ha- I, I, I have too much, and I'm wasting them with the whole thing. Of like, that's what it feels like. Them. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice place to be, though, to have that to have that well, packed stock of music. No, no, I mean, it's super frustrating. Okay. I'll be honest, it really is because okay. I, the hard thing is like, um, a lot of times I'll pre-track and I'll give them out to friends or family and stuff, and a lot of them I have people come back now and be like, dude, when are you going to put this song on an album? And I don't like. I don't even know the song anymore. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I've been writing. I, like I wrote so much for so long. Or just like I'll even sit down and you know, like I had this one called Horse Tooth Necklace, and I invented the tuning for it. And what? Like I cannot figure it out for the life of me. It's one of my favorite songs I've written, and I cannot. Like it's lost. Oh, There's no. a recording of it. But I, even from the recording, I can't figure out how you can't I did find it. Back. Can't, yeah. Yeah. can't figure out how you tuned it yeah, and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, crazy. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, and that would that would be frustrating because if you like it, it's like, hey, I want to play it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what that. That's not to sound like a cliche, but that's kind of where the whole smartphone deal has been a little bit of a blessing. Like if I'm sitting up at night and you know two three beers in or whatever, and you uh, come up with this riff, it's like if I don't lay this capture this right now, there's no chance in hell it's going to live through tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, know, so oh, yeah. Just capture it right there. And, Oh yeah, no, I have recordings of it. I'm just not smart enough to transpose it with okay. the tuning and stuff. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. You so you uh, mentioned your wife and your kids, yeah. And when we were talking before we started our podcast, so you're actually traveling with your family now I am. as you're touring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how's how's that going? This has been a new thing for us. Um, normally, it's you know uh, four or five guys crammed into the van together, and mm-hmm. so I'm used to like. You know, and the weird part is not much different. <laughs> it's just, you know, once you cram people in a van, it's cramming people in a van. You know, mm-hmm. I've been lucky. Like, the bands have been in great people. 
get along with everybody well. But uh, lately I've been uh, playing as a two-piece or a three-piece, and even more so lately just going solo, playing a lot of solo shows, and enjoying the, you know, as much as I miss my bands, you know, like I had great friends out of it and stuff like that, like the headaches and stuff of it is, oh my God, it's so much easier just to like, you know, not being like where the where the fuck did Eric go or where did you know yeah. where did Timmy run off to? Less or, personalities yeah. to put yeah. together. Like in trying one to get corral. It's the whole yeah. herding cats. Like I don't have to do that anymore. Is pretty awesome. Yeah. Just <laughs> worry about myself. Plug in my guitar. Sing my songs. But it's also turned the opposite where it's it's really lonely. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the part that I found was the worst is is like having great experiences and then nobody to share it with. Like sure. And this week has actually been a great example of it. We went out, um, so it's my wife's spring break. She's a teacher. Okay. So she books for me. Okay. So she set up the run, and uh, we basically just decided to come spend the week in South Dakota, see, like, Mount Rushmore and Devil's Tower, and um, went to Custer State Park. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which that was fucking crazy stupid like we went off road on that one that was a oh. bad idea yeah okay is there a lot of snow up there still too no no, no? It, well okay. it snowed one of the days we were there okay. they got a couple inches uh-huh. but it wet yeah <laughs> we almost got stuck in our little odyssey yeah it was <laughs> it was a bad idea it sounds like a Court good family Griswold, adventure. like <laughs> national lampoons vacation or something i literally i'm not even joking i literally ripped the uh the wheel well out on one side. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. yeah, you know they have like a plastic <laughs> yep. cover or whatever yeah, else right, on the right. front and goes up towards, I'm, I must have hit something, and then we were um, heading back towards um, Mitchell, and the tire was making a crazy, like, what the, Uh-oh. you know, pulled over and had to just yank the whole thing out because yeah. it was, yeah, trashed. Had to be oh, relieved wow. that's all it was, I suppose. Yeah, no, it totally was. Like... <laughs> totally was, yeah. Well, but, cool. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, and I think we were talking earlier, I think it's been about three years ago or so, but we caught you, like I said earlier, at your White Wall session recording with the Dead Pigeons. Yeah. Um, are they, do you guys still get together or like, is that, you guys kind of broke up? Well, the, see, the weird thing is that band in particular has always been a changing cast. I remember you saying okay. that. Yeah. And a lot of people that's, I mean, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. Cause it, it, you know, it started off as me doing a weekly at my favorite bar, which is Palmer's in Minneapolis. If okay. you know the place, if you don't, you got to go check it out. It's just, okay. this, it's a, it's a shithole. And okay. that's what I love about it. It's just a, you can crap on the floor and people will just step over it. That's, that's <laughs> that kind of, yeah. You find, yeah. You need to give us the contact for this place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and my, my idea with it at the time was just like, I, I was coming out of 40 watt, uh, my first band, and I wasn't really sure if I want to keep going with music. And I literally decided like, well, if I have to go solo, you know, I, I was literally like, what's the hardest challenge I could think of? Uh, it was like, fuck, Walking into Palmer's with just an acoustic guitar would be pretty nuts, you know what I mean? And that's what I did. I I knew the owners well. I'm like, let me let me just play for tips. And they're like, are you? They were totally like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I was thinking like, if I can survive this, and out of that, I mean, it it kind of blew up, you know, in its own way. For the weekly, it was like we're packing it out, and mm-hmm. musicians just start coming around and we just started a band out of it because it was literally a guy like you know a girl would show up and be like hey i got a fiddle and be like sit in 
you know, and they come back week after week. And then finally it got to a place where we're like, well, we should name this. Gotcha. You know, <laughs> they wanted to use my name, and I, I did, I've never been comfortable with that. And like, I'm like, no, we got to pick a band name. And mm-hmm. so the original players, I mean, out of the history of it, oh God, I don't even doubt there's been 20 different players. Wow. If, if not more. I mean, like it was crazy rotating. The hardcore center of the group um, was probably, you know, like Greta Hunstiger and Ryan Canyon, um, you know, Darren Christensen. Darren, you I know, know, like yeah. networked him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And when, like, Greta basically, she was like my right hand for a long time. She was a fiddle player. Just a sweetheart, you know. And the life that we, you know, do is, it's a hard life. Like, yeah. a, a lot of the traveling, not a lot of money. You know, being away from friends and family, and she was just a trooper for the longest time. Canyon the same way, and you know, both of them at around close to the same time, they just kind of burnt out. And frankly, I did too. And I rebuilt it a couple times afterwards, like filled in it, like at the White Wall session. Oops, I just hit the mic. That's okay. we'll forgive you. <laughs> at the White Wall session in particular, the that was actually just a a made up band. Like, was it? it? Oh yeah. So like, that little player was that Greta? The, no, that wasn't okay. No. She was uh, mystifying me that day because she was a doppelganger to you, to our niece. Kind of oh, brain. right on. So oh, yeah, like, yeah. That's our goth niece up there, but she's not goth. So it's like, <laughs> Brandy got deep goth. Our niece is like super goth lady. And So anyway. No, that but, was Katie Joe. She's like this phenom. Yeah, she stepped in and okay. helped us get through a chunk of shows. Okay, cool. Yeah. The whole band was basically pieced together. Like there was, I don't think the... I'm trying to think who was on that show in particular. Oh, a Canyon might have came back for that one. So the, the mandolin player was an original. Okay. But and otherwise, then, I think everybody else was sub. And the drummer, like... The, that Darren was there. Darren was there. One. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 he was there for that one. The High Rev, right? Yeah. Yep. He's got his, yep. his side project, the High Rev. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, he's the other one. He's he's stuck it out. He still plays with me. Mm-hmm. But most of us, we just burnt out. I did, too. Like, I just burnt out hard. Yeah. Yeah. But we had... The hard part is we were under contract with a bunch of like bigger festivals and stuff i see and i can get sued like that's the hard part of that so oh gotta finish yeah so we no we matter kind of how finished. burnt out you feel yeah. pull it together and finish the yeah and we were booked out far you know we were booked out for a, probably a year you know mm-hmm. so i i so I, even after the band blew apart i still had like a year of shows to like finish which was some work man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So you've been at it, like I said, you've been full-time musician for 16 years, you said? Yeah. So in the correlation, predominantly most of that has been as your solo career then, like the most of the years? or No, uh, where we no. There? Um, no, they've all, it's always been in bands. You know, so this I mean, is I, kind of a newer so thing? So your solo stuff going on now is kind of the newer end of... Yeah, well, I mean, solo. like after, so 40 Watt, 40 Watt happened for, I don't even know how many years that was probably four four years somewhere five years and when that blew apart i I basically just kept going a lot of places just wanted to book it under 40 watt and i'd use subs and stuff and it yeah and at a point it got absolutely pitiful where i'd be like i can get a drummer (laughs) i can get a drummer to show up and they'd be like cool we'll take you and the drummer (laughs) as you know it's like a horrible (laughs) idea just like a guy with a guitar and a drummer it was but anyways i did that and that's when I started doing the weekly, and the weekly was under my name, um, 
but I never, I've never besides that really used my name for. Okay. Okay. And so the using my name, I've always wanted to hide is the whole thing. I just don't like the, you know, I've always wanted to be in a band. I always want to like hide in the band, which is so stupid being the lead guy. Because you know. <laughs> you know you're what? not really hiding, but you feel like you're yeah. hiding. It's yeah. so funny you say that because we're kind of kindred spirits here because, you know, with Alice and I, when we perform, we're, we're the two lead people. So yeah. that's always going on. But it's so funny. You've, brought back this memory of mine as a kid i always brought you brought up guns and roses earlier as a kid i always wanted to be izzy stradlin because he was the guy in the back oh yeah just the backbeat you know just sitting back there cool and slick and he was you know a big part of the songwriting for the band but yeah i always kind of was dreamt of being that guy too and now you and me were both like lead vocalist kind of the best best, most of the best bands in the world you can actually attribute to people you don't know yeah you know mm-hmm. the who? It's the, it's all about their bass player. Nobody mm-hmm. knows his name. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you can John right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying. In general, yeah, most people yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Zeppelin. You know, it's that rhythm section. Exactly. You know? so yeah. If without that rhythm section, you know, I I people always get offended, but I didn't. Jimmy Page isn't shit. You know what I mean? Like he really isn't. Like he's. It's all about that rhythm section. Adam Jones. Oh the, Jesus. They, yeah. They carried that. I, I'll agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most bands are that way. Like the. You know, you need the you need flavor flavor up front for the attention. <laughs> but he he has no musical talent. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's busy being flavor flavor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been lucky though. I've I've like I've been able to hide but I it's always been I've just been able to surround myself with a lot of talent too. So. Right on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And now you're out here doing this solo gig, no more hiding. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. We actually I tried to use a different name. <laughs> it's almost embarrassing. Like, with the same idea of like, I you know, out of respect, same way of like with Forty Watt, when Forty Watt Ball broke up, I didn't want to keep using the name. Right. I even had publishing people. I were like, no, the name's great. Go keep your. You are the, you know, which is just bullshit. Like, yeah, I was, okay. it was a group effort. Mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. same thing with the Dead Pigeons. Is like, it was a group effort. And mm-hmm. only reason why I kept using the name was like to fulfill the contract. Contract. And so I tried to switch the name just to hide again and I, uh, I even recorded an album under Box Store Bird okay. and nobody would book it like it was crazy my, <laughs> my poor wife just kept booking it and they, they'd be like who? And they'd be like Box Store Bird it's like Drew it's Drew from Dead Pigeons like oh yeah we'd love to have Drew like cool like he's going under Box Store Bird and they're like well that's not going to work I'm like what? <laughs> like they wouldn't they wouldn't book it they're like well we'll have you but we either want to call it Dead Pigeons or Drew Peterson which I still don't understand, but whatever. See that? Yeah. And so, yeah, my wife actually has this guru marketing friend of hers, and and uh, she sat down to look at our brand and stuff like that, which is pretty much non-existent. And, <laughs> and we want advice on names. We had all these name ad- advice, and she looked at all, and she's like, "What are you, What are you doing? Like, don't be stupid. Use your name." I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, and that's and I thought, well, okay, I gotta listen to her. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't want to, but yeah. so it's funny. We we started we started this music thing, and uh, I I don't think I don't know. Did we ever really think we were going to be playing gigs and playing shows? Or I know I didn't. I would have ran the other way and been like, oh no, I'm not doing it. Um, but we just all of a sudden started playing. We recorded an album because that was something that Ted really wanted to do. And all of a sudden it was like, well, we need to start playing these shows. And so we never even like really had time to come up with a band name. So we were just always like, cause we'd play these shows locally, sure. friends and family and stuff. And it's Ted and Alice Miller. 
And then how many years in we're like, oh, how original. Our band name is Ted and Alice Miller. It's like yeah. now we're like, why didn't we think of some like fantastic band name or like something really fun and then it's like two, Ted and Alice two pretty common names yeah so. Ted and Alice wow Miller. what's up that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good name that's you know to be honest it's better than Drew Peterson I mean uh, I don't, no, I don't Drew, know well, about Drew, that it, it, Drew Peterson the guy who like killed his wife I get that all the time you, he's like the cop. You don't. You've never heard. Oh, of I don't know that. No, that's kind oh, of yeah. ringing a bell. But you better. It was a big national movie. story. It's yeah. like, it was this cop guy who, he literally got caught. He he killed his wife, and then they oh. looked into it. Looked at, and it seemed like he killed multiple wives or something. So, so then, when people Google Drew Peterson when he's coming that's to town comes to play, up. <laughs> yes, yeah, I have to put Drew Peterson music, and it'll still, it'll still come up with the killer. It'll yeah. be in there somewhere. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And inevitably, you know, traveling around, people always bring it up. It's so like, true. You're so you're not like the killer. Like, yes, I'm yes, I'm on leave from jail and I'm playing music <laughs> now. Like So I g I gotta ask, have yeah. you incorporated this into a song or no, anything yet? No, no. It could be your it could be your Springsteen Nebraska album, you know, because that was <laughs> that was uh well just the one song on there, right? It was uh oh gosh, drawing a blank under pressure being recorded, but the 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 one song in particular on that album was all about the Charlie Starkweather murders. Oh, um, right. Huh? Yeah, and I can't remember the name of that particular song. You'll think song of it now. when we're all done yeah. and then go, dang it. Have you checked out that album much? I, uh, I have. Uh, yeah, yeah, I really that like album's it. genius. Man. Yeah, Recorded it, it in like his closet or something. It's it's really raw, but it's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. It's like that just inspires like like when we record our albums, Like I'm always hearing bass lines. Or it's like, oh, I want to add this now and add this. And you go back and listen to that and you're like... Maybe that should be the theme of our next album because mm-hmm. it's it's genius. It really is. Yeah. You ever hear uh, Michelle Shock's campfire songs? You ever hear that one? Boy, it's I haven't listened to Michelle Shock in a long time. I discovered her as a little kid through much music that can like the Canada version of MTV. Yeah, yeah. We'd get it on a dish, and I I listened to her stuff. But no, proceed. Go on. I, I thought that album. What she uh she literally was like this folk junkie. Mm-hmm. She would like travel the folk scene, which is great. Like as a fan, she would like travel because there's so many folk festivals all over you know north america and this reporter who was there for the festival or whatever came to a campfire and met she was young at the time and she was just playing songs at a campfire and he was like can i record this and she's like well yeah and she she just kept playing he kept recording it's it's on a fucking walkman if the old style walkman's for like kidding really no yeah yeah. no yeah and like so you can hear the campfire you can hear the and it's really shitty recording but it's it's uh, look it up. It's a genius. Is album. it called Campfire Songs? Just Campfire. I think it's yeah, yeah. You'll be able to find it pretty. Easy. It's what made her famous, to be okay. honest. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and to be honest, I've tried buying other albums, never, never liked them. But that that mm-hmm. album in particular, it's just so quaint, and I think of that all the time when I'm recording. Is like, you know, I can geek out about mics if I want, but phew, sure, you know, yeah. Some people can just use a Walkman, so <laughs> you've kind of like sent me. You've kind of sent me back to my my little youth days of watching much music on you know it was like the canada version of mtv and i discovered so much music through that actually oh well canada does a program where they pay musicians ah (laughs) did you know that no yeah they that's like a almost like a it's not really welfare but it's like you know like an endowment for the arts where like if you are a musician you you can literally get funded by the government because they want you know wow yeah yeah it's which and that's 
you can trace that to a lot of like god there's great music up in Canada mm -hmm. there's a lot of great music yeah there really is that's interesting I'm, I'm gonna research that that sounds fun yeah we yeah. should move to Canada so. yeah <laughs> what <laughs> are it's we doing band, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. big call for that in Canada yeah right, right. <laughs> big fans of that the government will fund our REM tribute band <laughs> I've been waiting for someone just like you guys. I can see us at the border, the two of us with guitars. No, you don't understand. They're going to want to hear this. Yeah, I promise you. Border Patrol is like, no, they're not. Go home. Yeah, exactly. So I'm always compelled to ask this question when, we're, when we have guests, and I know it's kind of, the generic question, kind of the generic question of our show, but it's always interesting to learn and go down. Like you talked about, you know, getting into songwriting later, you know, like in the college days. So... You brought up Dylan. Like, who are some of your main songwriting heroes' influences? Um, well, honestly, my influences are crazy across the. My first musical influences were because being from a conservative Christian home, we weren't allowed to listen to like secular music, is what they call it. Uh -huh. like, so, um, you know, being able to see Elvis on television was, you know, that's how I really even well. saw him. But so my first influences were like nobody even knows who they're. Len Mink. <laughs> like Len it's a, Mink? Len? Len Mink. Mink. Okay. He was like a Christian okay. singer. Jimmy Schweigert. People know Jimmy Schweigert. Yeah, like, yeah. Because those were records that we had around. So, like, yeah. those are things we'd listen to. Uh, or we had this one. It was all vinyl. Um, we had some eight tracks. Um, but there was one album in particular, which was uh, a comedy album. And it was really the first secular music I got to listen to. But it had, like... Roger Miller and like okay. Jimmy, Jimmy Dean mm -hmm. and like uh, uh, Battle of New Orleans. Who's that? Um, uh, do you know that song, Battle of New Orleans? I want to say 18, I do. Fourteen, we took a little trip. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like that was the first like, it, believe it or not, was like first exposure to like more secular music. And like, right Roger on. Miller was a big early on. He's so fun too. Oh, God. I got his box to this set. day. I still like he's fucking genius man he is yeah yeah, yeah he's very John Prine yeah. right? which I don't think a lot of people understand that collect connection but totally John Prine like yeah just he's, great humor you know he's he's humor. he's got more musicality than John you know like he's yeah he was more I guess yeah his appearance made him probably separated him from John Prine maybe more than anything you know he mm -hmm. had more of that kind of like blue collar look I guess and when he was out before he was kind of had a tux or a bow tie on and, and uh yeah, his stuff was so fun to listen to, though. Such yeah. a clever, witty, wow. fun. Like I said, and I never really thought of it that way. So that was you kind of educated me there. I didn't re ne never made the comparison and the humor aspect between Roger Miller and John Prime. Just clever, just yeah, super, super clever. clever. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people reference that where if they get into my songwriting, they'll be like, "Oh, you must be huge into John Prime." Of which I'm always like, yes, you know what I mean? Like, of course, like, who isn't, sure. you know, as a writer? Mm -hmm. But frankly, you know, there's been others that have influenced me a lot more. Absolutely, you know? sure. I've, I haven't actually owned that many. I shouldn't admit that, but <laughs> I literally, like Bob Dylan, I just on tour, now it's oh, it's probably been like five years, but never owned a Bob Dylan album. I always said I hated Bob Dylan, and I still have a little chip, you know what I mean? Like, it's more of like the... Uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's it's the Beatles thing of like they're so overplayed. Yeah, you know what I mean. Of like, of course, when you dig into it, the Beatles were genius too. And yep. But I, like, I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't want to hear. I want to hold your hand. You yeah. know, the same way of like blowing in the wind. I don't. I just don't want to yeah. hear it. Like it's so overdone. Yeah. yeah but on the tour, I I actually stopped at this um, 
a disc used disc shop and they had a whole collection of Dylan, super cheap, like you know, two, three bucks. So I bought like four or five. And it was really the first time, especially getting into deeper tracks and being like, holy shit, this guy is fucking good. Yeah. Like really <laughs> good. A yeah. genius thief. Like that's the part that I yep. I learned a lot from Dylan on. It's like, you know, that's that's part of being a great musician. It's just like pick the parts. You're all everybody's building on top of everybody else, yeah. you know. Yeah, what's the what's the phrase? Gen- a great musician is either a genius or a really good thief. Is basically is what. Well, it I think all to. art is kind of that way. Oh, Anyways, totally. You gain it's your totally inspiration from somewhere and then make your own twist to it. Well, I mean, there's everybody wants to say, "Oh, there's only so many chords," but actually, there's a ton of chords. And the only reason why certain ones sound good together is that's what we're used to. Mm-hmm. And you know, like a one four five. Are you kidding me? Like. Somebody's the first guy to play that. We've all copied it ever since. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you, you really, <laughs> really. Yeah. I mean, if you actually, I always try to catch myself on that because I'll I'll totally be like, oh, I want to write something really original. But if it's too original, nobody has a point of reference. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sure, write something avant-garde. But it can be most, a blessing and a curse. And that yeah, can yeah. be uncomfortable to listen to because I have no point of reference. Exactly. So I'm uncomfortable in... Now, if you play me something that sounds slightly familiar, then... Yeah. Well, and you guys know, as a writer, people come up to you all the time and be like, oh, I love that song. It sounds just like so-and-so or so-and-so. And you're like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've mean, like... been running into a little... Actually, and this this is... i got to be guarded when I say this, too, because you don't want to sound like you're the cat's meow or anything like that. But sometimes I think that can be a kind of a curse for us because we've actually gotten more than not, like, people will come up to it and be like, oh, we like your song, but... We don't know quite where to place you. Yeah. You know, yeah. so they're like, let's say, like, I take that as a compliment. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, okay, that means our stuff must be, you know, original enough. You know, I'm not sitting here saying I'm the next whatever. But um, but it can also work against you. Yeah, yeah. you be it's like, like, where do you yeah, place what, what's that? What's, what's going on here? <laughs> well, isn't it, is, honestly, it's one of the weirdest parts I think a lot of musicians have where, like, the categorizing. Like, it's such a weird... Yeah. I mean, I think it's just an archaic thing because it, it, what that's for is for like your marketing department. Yeah. Of like, where yeah. do where do we put this in the bin? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all it's for. But it's at this point, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like it, you know, because well, especially when you get to the point where they want to cross genres and be like, this is rap country or this is <laughs> funk, you know, funk blues or yeah. you know, it's just like. Yeah. yeah, I get that all the time. Of like, what are you? What I get are it, you? Right. And I, I never know how to answer. I mean, that's where I just go. You know, songwriter, Americana. I I, I say well, the same thing. I say Americana. You yeah. don't want to pigeonhole yourself to, oh, well, we're folk. Oh, well, that's not a good fit for our yeah. <laughs> venue yeah. or whatever. I don't know. Americana's a good one only because yeah. most people don't know it even, what yeah. it sure. really means. Yeah. And I don't really either. <laughs> it's, <just> like, <laughs> it's more of like, then they leave me alone. I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm Americana. <laughs> the only thing that I've ever heard on that was I was watching one of the Americana Music Award shows and they were interviewing, I think it was the milk carton kids, I believe, who coined it. Don't quote me on that. But they were, somebody asked them what the definition of Americana was, and they basically summed up and basically said, it's a melting pot of all music. You know, like, perfect. No, <laughs> so I'm no, going to use Americana that's what for I when am. I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was just thinking of it like old timey. I think yeah. more of like, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, my friend, I tell you what. This has been so wonderful, and at the end of the day, this is your podcast, and we are so thankful that you came in. Um, tell our audience 
where you're going to be playing coming up down the road. You're at Ben's Brewing tonight. Yeah. By the time this podcast is aired, that might not uh, be (laughs) relevant. (laughs) That's not helpful. But but you got coming up down the road. Don't show up tonight, then. Don't show up tonight. (laughs) If you can travel back in time, if you're one of them. And where (laughs) people can find your music. Do you have a website? Yeah, yeah, you can just look up Drew Peterson. Yeah, I'm not the murderer. I'm I'm the songwriter from Minnesota. Yeah, um, I have albums out under Dead Pigeons and 40 Watt Bulb. And I, a uh, couple in the works coming out shortly. Uh, I play all around the Midwest. If you look at my websites, or I think I'm on the, you know, my wife handles all the hard stuff like that, like typing. <laughs> but I, I, I think I'm on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So you can you can find me on that stuff. Okay. So lucky for you that you don't have to keep up with all oh, that. Oh God, she's yeah, a you saint. Are blessed. Oh. You are she's blessed. Saint. Uh, <laughs> it can be a full time job trying to. Make yeah. sure all your marketing stuff is where it needs to be. And and will they, can the audience, Drew Peterson on Spotify, iTunes? I don't, I don't do the, yet, I think I know? might be on some of those, but I, I don't really like the streaming stuff. Okay, I, I don't, so you're not on that yet. Okay. No, yeah, I think, um, I, I, will, I think we're going to approach that. No, we're, we're going to see what to do with that. But sure. I personally just tough. don't like the, yeah, yeah I mean. It's, a, I, it's an interesting one. It's the love hate I, of it or, I want know. the relationship I want the relationship with the audience That's beautiful. I, you I, know what I mean like it's I, I'm not even about the money it's like I could give a shit you know about the like if you get it for free online cool you want to burn it for a friend cool but I more or less like to me it's like you want my disc come to a show come yeah. to a show yeah. and get a disc I'd rather give you a disc at my show than you know you know give you it, get give the it relationship to you get to yeah. meet yeah. them yeah, yeah. absolutely yes that, yeah. that's that's great and again, man, thanks so much for coming in and, thanks for and spending time. Thanks for having me. This here. was fun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, everybody, look up Drew Peterson and uh, thanks Enjoy again. his music. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man, Ted, that was a really fun interview today with Drew. It really was. That was, uh, we went down some really fun roads, very inspiring yeah. conversations and interesting topics. And uh, Drew's a great guy. And I thought the tune he played was great. Oh, and if you're out and about and you happen to see he's touring in a town that you're in, listen to his music. It's completely worth it. And then uh, go up and meet him. He's a very sincere man. Like uh, He really wants to connect with his audience. So uh, definitely, if Drew is in your area, take a listen. And with that being said, guys, we will see you next time. All the best and peace. Peace.